good morning and good evening beautiful people what's popping another episode of mo's knows god i am so freaking excited if you can't tell from the energy through my voice or on your tv screen oh my goodness got a lot in store for y'all including of course if you saw it in the title we got an interview with alex okafor lifetime longhorn two-time all big 12 selection super bowl champion with the chiefs of course we have to ask him about his former team's yeah, teams with the S, that is, with Texas going to the college football playoff. Wanted to see if he saw any similarities between his 09 team and this year's team. We also asked his score prediction between Texas and Washington, what he expects to happen. And then lastly, uh, the Chiefs, right? Everyone's seen the viral clip of Kadarius Tony lining up offsides after a sensational play with Travis Kelsey throwing it behind, lateraling it behind uh, over to Kadarius Tony for the touchdown, but instead it wasn't a touchdown. It was a penalty on Tony. So size eighteen B naught. <laughs> oh my goodness! Size eighteen B naught. Big feet off size, and so we asked Okafor about that as well. And what does that mean? Just being in the locker room for those situations, and he's been in that particular locker room in Kansas City before. And so, how does the how does his teammates kind of corral a dude like Tony? And also his thoughts on Patrick Mahomes. People call him a crybaby, Dion. Like it's crazy. Dude just wants to win, right? Yeah, they think he's a Karen. He's a Karen. He's half Karen, though. Yeah, so, I, think <laughs> I mean, well, he's half Karen, technically. More than, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. What do you mean more? more? It's 50-50. More, more than more than half. It's 50-50, okay. bro. Okay. Come on. Oh, my goodness. Hey. Anyways, we don't just have an interview with Okafor. Of course, you got some NBA talk. The Lakers won the end-season tournament, but the crazier part is LeBron is almost 39, and he's doing something stupid. Like, it's ridiculous how he's playing, but – we got a little soundbite from Nick Wright talking about some things that we need to kind of start considering when it comes to the greatness of who LeBron is. We're not talking about the GOAT debate, okay? We're not doing that, but just putting things in, into perspective and uh, a kind of a bigger perspective when it comes to Zion uh, and how big yeah, he's I can't getting. I can't wait to hear that soundbite. That's the soundbite. How big he's <laughs> That's getting. That's the soundbite. I mean. <laughs> Speaking about bites, that's the soundbite we need to play. Come on. <laughs> Apparently, he's biting the whole table out there in New Orleans. All right, all right. Let's 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 stop talking about biting, okay? I know it's a lot of food out there that we could be talking about, but I just want to talk about your week. First off, Deanna, as we always do, uh, just how'd your week go? Everything good? Everything Gucci up there in Arlington or not? A uh, really smooth week. You know, this weather has been up and down. But yeah, all in all, really smooth week, man. Like I said, I'm I'm catching up on my schoolwork, and uh, you know it's the holiday season, and uh, I work at a grocery store right now. So a lot of people have been stealing. So <laughs> hey, if you don't think people know, uh, we the store knows and they're watching you. So yeah. But how about yourself, man? How, Wait, how I gotta tap into that, bro. I gotta tap. They stealing Dak Prescott jerseys because Cowboys going crazy out there in Arlington, or or no? Uh no, I I think by now the, the Cowboys fans have all the gear. If you okay. if you go to the Walmart by the Cowboy Stadium, they have any and everything you're looking for: face paint, <laughs> the chain with the star They're on all it, in. the hat, rings. Like, hey, they beat yeah, the Eagles. So, they beat the Eagles. Are they a squad? They, they was they was nice. They was nice. They was nice. They was nice. Okay, but, you know one thing for sure we know about the Cowboys, man. You just gotta, you gotta wait to see it. Ah, uh, you like it. Stephen A, bro. You like just wait and see. Just wait and yeah. see. They're gonna screw you over at some point. Yeah. Something will happen, man. Something will happen. Okay. History repeats itself. So yeah. But how about yourself, man? How, how's your week, man? Uh, history continues to repeat itself. Yeah, I, I had a visitor over um, to the apartment. Let let me. I guess let me rephrase that. Had a homie over, just so people don't get no ideas. Had a homie over <laughs> to the apartment, uh, and he parked outside. We have kind of bad parking for visitors and for um guests i guess you should say and got towed so another one of my homies coming over getting towed so history keeps repeating itself that way and so woke up to a car that was gone this morning so got to figure that all had to get that all figured out and uh just you know expenses that you don't kind of expect sucks so yeah, yeah i feel bad for him I'm guessing that friend's never coming over, huh? No, nah, I think he'll be straight. That's the last time? I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I think he'll be straight, you know? I Look, I just got to do better with writing those mean emails. You talked about Mahomes being half Karen. I think I need to go Karen. 
you know. I'm about to ask you, were you, you going to leave a, a Google review? Were you going to log in? And... I mean, I look, I, there's, there's, only, there's only two visitor spots for about 150 apartments, like apartment wow. rooms. So, yeah, dude, like, what do you, where do you post a park? Like, where do you post a park at? You know, and they will tow, clearly. So, yeah, that's the whole nother conversation. So, yeah, maybe I need to go Karen and send an email. Uh, but, you know, I'm not going to do all that. That's too much work. No. I understand. I, I've I had that I had that situation happen. Uh, same thing. Frank came over. And Frank came over. I didn't. Even, yeah, I didn't a even homie know. Or yeah, a friend. Frank came over. A friend came over. You know what I mean? So, oh. uh, I didn't even know that. This is my first time actually knowing that they tow cars. So, uh, yeah, we went inside, and I think immediately the friend tried to register mm-hmm. their car, and they was like, "Oh, it's unable to register." And he was like, okay, maybe the website's down. So forgot about <laughs> we it. Wake up the next morning. Mm. <laughs> no, we wake up the next morning, like, okay, well, you know, it's down. Like again, I didn't even know that it really was a thing. So wake up the next morning. That person had a appointment to go do something and <laughs> and they called <laughs> walked out. Oh brother. They called me immediately. Oh, it was like, yo, my car is not here. So uh mm. yeah, I was like, damn, that's crazy. I didn't even know we had towing for real. But they were swift though, like literally from the walk to the car to my front door. <laughs> they picked up the car. I'm interested though. Frank come back over? Or all right, let's <laughs> dive into the interview. <laughs> No, yeah, let's, let's, no, no, let's get into it. Let's get into it. That's my fault. That's my fault. That's my fault. You're right. I'm, dig- I'm digging. I'm digging. I need to stop digging. Let's, let's dig into this interview. Yeah, let's dig into Let's dig it. Let's dig into this interview with Alex Okafor. Can't wait for y'all to hear this mug. We had a lot of laughs, but of course, a lot of great conversations just about what's happening in the football world. All right, everybody, you know what time it is. Got to lift up the cup, lift up the cups, I should say. Get a little cheers going on because we got a Pflugerville native, two-time All-Big 12 honoree, a lifetime Longhorn, drafted by the Arizona Cardinals back in 2013 in the fourth round. Nine years in the league, including one of those years being a Super Bowl champion for the Kansas City Chiefs, the hometown kid, Alex Okafor. How you doing today, buddy? Yes, sir. I'm doing well, fellas. I appreciate y'all for having me. Man, we're 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 honored. We're honored. We thank you for just taking the time out. Uh, you mean this is we hey we starting off the we starting off the Mo's Nose Pod a little strong, man. We got some we got some good names on here. I ain't gonna lie, man. We got some good names on here, man. So, Alex, man, tell us, man, what what are you doing? What are you doing now? These what are you doing now these days? Yeah. So. Um, so people that are not familiar, um, I recently retired from football um, last year. So I've kind of spent this year just kind of figuring out my next career path. And I've decided to kind of dive into sports media. And uh, and Corey knows, man, I've worked with him a little bit up at KVU. But um, yeah, so I've been whatever, whether it's sports analysts with the local news networks or starting up my own podcast, intro- introducing, um, doing player profiles on UT players. That's kind of what I got going on right now. I'm just trying to break into that sports media space. And since I already mentioned that podcast, I might as well give a shout out. Check out Behind mm-hmm. the Face Mask on YouTube. I'm, in a, I'm doing player profiles on uh, a couple of the UT guys, and I plan on continuing that. But that's where I'm at right now. Just uh, trying to figure out what's next for me, and I think sports media is going to be it. And I just want to jump in here and just say, Alex, first off, congratulations for starting your own thing. I know the grind to get to this point. I, heck, man, I feel like we've been on this journey together, you know, grinding mm-hmm. and doing our things, you know, side by side. And so mm-hmm. I'm just proud of you, do, proud of seeing what you're doing and you're accomplishing. And one thing about that podcast that I really enjoy is how open and how uh, transparent some of the guys on the team are with you talking mm-hmm. about Tavon J. Sweat talking about dudes like Jade Barron and like for these guys mm-hmm. to be so open it must be kind of cool huh to know that they trust you yeah and that's what's been cool about it that's like that was kind of the vision whenever I started this thing up I was like I know how I was as a former player um you get in front of these these cameras and sometimes you view the media the media as your enemy like and I don't I don't know why but we're just conditioned as athletes to kind of view the media as as an enemy or like somebody that's trying to get us caught up or you know get a sound bite so 
my vision with my podcast was I just wanted to be able to sit guys down, let them kick their feet up and, you know, really show off their personality, you know, swap some good stories and just get fans the insights on their day to day. Do you have a big time story or like a memorable story that maybe one of your favorites so far uh, that you can share with us? And so, man, there's a lot, but I think the, uh, the big T sweat interview, that was the first one I did. So that one was special for me, but, uh, I know there was like an infamous Bo Davis bus rant um, after we lost to Iowa State two years ago or in 2021, however long ago that was. But uh, it was whenever I was doing the interview with uh, Tavondre Sweat about that, I had no idea he was going to open up as much as he did about it. It was one of those things where it's like, (laughs) whatever, I'm going to toss out the question and whatever I get back from it, you know, we can either keep it or we can cut it out. It's whatever. And he was, you know, he was cool as hell about it. He, uh, he uh, gave me the whole story and, you know, just kind of made fun about the whole situation and kind of mm-hmm. explained how it all came full circle. So I think that that moment was was probably my favorite story, especially since it was the first episode I ever did. So it was cool. And that story is hilarious, because if you're anybody that's in sports, we've all had that moment with our coach on the bus <laughs> after some kind of loss, football, basketball, whatever sport that is, mm-hmm. we've all had that moment. And it's just funny that dang, they still do that even at the higher levels, the yeah. D one levels. And I'm sure it probably goes on in the NFL where it's like, dang, we had a tough loss. Some dudes, you know, either they care or don't care. I'm not saying that they don't, but you know, you, you had the loss, you moved on. Now hey, you're in the back of the bus. We having a good time. And, Coasting, <laughs> to change into a whole different person. You're like, what? Oh, is this the same person? <laughs> yeah, and that's what you, that's what made it so funny is that it was so relatable. Like you said, man, it was just we've all been in those moments with sports where it's just like wrong place, wrong time. Like that wasn't yeah. my intention. Mm. Like everybody, everybody handles losses differently. So like you know, it was just a bad time for T Sweat, and it, it was cool that he was able to laugh about it and you know, kind of tell us and explain how far he's grown from that moment. And that was my favorite part, though, right? Like the part where he mentions how he he acknowledges like, yeah, that was kind of a bonehead type thing to do a younger sweat type thing to do. But now that he recognized Mm -hmm. going into this year that being a senior on this team, being one of the leaders on that D-line and not just the D-line, but the whole defense that, you know, this defense is going to go how he goes. And so he recognized Mm -hmm. that and grew from that moment to the defensive player of the year and the big 12 that he is now. Mm -hmm. It must be so cool to see uh, being a former D-lineman yourself, the growth in T-Sweat. Yeah, and it's 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 special at the college level because obviously I played at college, I played NFL level. NFL level, there's growth, but guys kind of come in as who they are for the most part. At the college level, man, coaches play such a big part in your development because it's not just who you are on the field, but it's who you are as a man, who you are as a person, and they're kind of res- your coaches at the college level are responsible for that. So just seeing how far along T Sweat has come personality wise, maturity wise, like you gotta tip your cap off to Bo Davis, man. He's doing things right down there in Texas. And while we're here, let's let's jump into this year's team. You know, you were able to watch yeah, it a couple let's of times. Yeah, let's talk about mm-hmm. it. Let's talk about it right now, you know. <laughs> big yeah. time, big time game coming mm-hmm. up on New Year's Day. But I just want to take mm-hmm. you back to your time playing on that 09 team recorded tackle during the national championship, by the way, freshman year. Props to you. Yeah, <laughs> yes, I looked sir. that up. I appreciate I that. that I appreciate yeah, the research, know. man. <laughs> Got to give it to you. Got to give it to you. But you were on that 09 team versus Alabama. And so what are some similarities do you feel like that team has compared to this year's team? Yeah. Um, Similarities-wise, I think – Man, I think those two teams are completely different if I'm being mm. honest. But okay. one thing that's sim- one thing that's similar though, I will say this, is the depth. And mm. I think that's why we're back to the big stage, is because Stark has done an incredible job of recruiting, man. And over the past two games, we've kind of seen that depth come into play. And we got cats off the bench just putting up crazy numbers. And it just it's a note to our recruiting. So I think the biggest similarity is how much depth we have on this team compared to the depth we had on that 2009 team. Because, like you said, I recorded a tackle in 09, but I wasn't in the rotation. Like, you had guys <laughs> like me, second, third string guys, just gnawing at the bit, waiting for our turn. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the biggest similarity is the talent on this team versus the 09 team. Very, very similar. But outside of that, I think I think the teams are different, man. You look at – you just look at the, the position groups and – 
you had Colt McCoy, probably the most seasoned vet at the college level at the time. Um, as opposed to this team, you got Quinn, which is a younger guy, you know, mm-hmm. really only two years of experience. He's missed a couple games, so not even a full two years. Um, we, I mean, we just got younger guys across the board. I felt like that 9 team was was very seasoned, and and most of the production came from the upperclassmen. I don't know if that's quite the case on this team. Okay, well, that's good. We were talking to Jermichael mm-hmm. last week, Jermichael Finley, and he mentioned from that old five team, he felt like the similarities mm-hmm. was the swagger. He feels like Sark is mm-hmm. letting them be themselves and then have the boom boxes, you know, on the road trips and and talk mm-hmm. trash and do all that because you got to have mm-hmm. that balance, right, of being yourself but also still being disciplined on the field. But yeah, uh, Dion, you got something? Yeah, I mean, since we're we're talking about just production, I mean, what are you, what are you, what are you, what are you thinking? What are you thinking this this matchup with uh you know Washington what, what do you think that's going to look like for Texas do you think uh do you, do you think they'll be able to pull it out and, and move to that big stage yeah no it's a uh, it's crazy how far we've come as a team because I mean if you asked me this question a month ago my answer would have been completely different than what it is now like from what I've seen these past two games man we've we've made that jump and I don't see why we shouldn't be the favorites in college in the college football playoffs like I look at this first round matchup against Washington and don't get me wrong Penix scares the hell out of me like I <laughs> like he that dude's special so he he scares the hell out of me but outside of that like I just don't think they're a great matchup for us they're running back number seven he gets a ton of carries we know the running game is dead when you play Texas like you mm-hmm. like if you hand the ball off against Texas you wasted you're wasting a play against us so I think we match up really well against Washington like I said, I don't want to sleep on Penix because I know he's a magician out there and he can make some things happen that a lot of dudes can't. But I just like us, man. I think it will be too much for him. Yeah, a lot of people like Penix. Even my mom, he mm-hmm. said she said uh, he should have won the Heisman. She's kind of pissed about that. I was like, hey, yeah. look at Dan- Daniel's stats. <laughs> and you'll understand hey, why. <laughs> man, it's it's hard to go against Daniels, bro. I wish Penix would have got it too. Yeah, but yeah, but it's you, hard. You if you look on, at the stats, it's yeah. hard. <laughs> you you cut on that tape, and Jaden Daniels is different, bro. He's he's a different beast, bro. <laughs> For sure. And you know, you said something earlier that I want to kind of backtrack and, and kind of dive in a little bit on. It was mm-hmm. when you were playing on that 09 team. Yeah, you got that tackled in championship, but it just spoke to like the depth on that team, and you had dudes second string, third string, kind of just itching for that spot to get onto the field and nowadays with the transfer portal you know those second third streams they don't have to itch anymore they can just go wherever they want to start playing right now so what did it say about Sarkeesian and his staff to keep so much talent even though they have these options to leave the 40 acres but clearly a lot of these second third string guys see the benefit of staying I think two things um that that really, you know, paint a picture for this situation. One is that these players have to have a trust in Sark. Mm. Like whenever there's a little bit of inconveniency or a little bit of adversity, we're seeing now guys are just chunking deuce and they're getting up out of there. Mm-hmm. So for guys, for Sark to be able to keep these guys in house, one, there's got to be a certain level of trust that Sark has between his players. And then two, Sark has created an environment within the team where guys want to be there. Like, you're looking at guys like Malik Murphy, which in any other situation, he's probably gone last year. And him staying throughout this season just shows that he wants to be here. And you can tell, you can see when he plays that he desperately wants to be at Texas. Now, I don't know if he'll be here next year, but just the fact that guys like him are putting in an extra season as opposed to other schools where any sort of adversity hits, they're gone immediately. It just kind of shows what type of environment uh, Sark has created for this team. That's awesome. And you've been in some great environments, including one that won the Super Bowl in the locker room. And if you don't mind, can we, can we hop over to the Kansas City situation right now? I'm sure well, you one, still watch a lot of football. Thing. What's up? What's up? What's up? I was going to say one more thing. I kind of wanted to, uh, man, I was thinking more about the uh, the similarities between that 09 team and okay, this team yeah, that we I'm have ready. right now. And like, I'd be remiss if I didn't say this. I feel like the team we had in 09. That team was ready to win it all, and we saw it from the mm. jump. We, we felt like they could have won it all the year before in 08. So that team was primed and ready. I think the biggest difference from this team is that I think we're a little bit ahead of schedule. Like, I don't think anybody foresaw, like, this type of team that we have today. 
And I think that's the biggest difference. Like, I feel like we overachieved a little bit this year. And I think those are the, the biggest differences between the two teams. Okay, awesome. All right, let me let me let me piggyback on that. Now you got me going. Yeah, yeah. So for yeah, a, great sound yeah for, for a team it. like this, yeah. right? The expectation you're totally right. The expectation was to win the Big Twelve title. That was mm-hmm. was the goal. You know, even during the yeah. media days back in August, September, whatever the heck it was, June. I can't remember. A lot of days mm-hmm. have gone by. But at Big Twelve mm-hmm. media days, the goal was to go to the Big Twelve title. That's all they talked about. They didn't talk about college football playoff. So now mm-hmm. accomplishing that goal, what does it do for a locker room where it's like we already did what we wanted to do now we can play freely in the college football playoff without that expectation that maybe a michigan had or maybe someone else like a washington had to win it all is there like a, a sense of freedom there knowing that this wasn't the expectations we're just glad to be here and now we're going to prove why we should be here yeah definitely and i think that's why we're dangerous and that's why I would like even though we might not be the favorites i think we should be just because like you said of two things we've exceeded expectations so the guys mm-hmm. like we've reached our goal like everything else is gravy like for these guys but two like we got the talent and we like the expectation should be there because we do have that type of talent these guys have shown what caliber of players they are so it's like it's the perfect storm for us and it gets me excited i don't want like i don't want to jinx any situation but like it's the it's the perfect storm like you said we we've hit all our goals for the season so everything else is gravy but at the same time like we're good enough to get it done. So it's, a, it's a great time. I don't think anyone here, exactly. And, and I don't think anyone that's actually objectively looking at these teams can say mm-hmm. Texas has no shot because I mean, right. this team is dominant on both sides of the trenches, offensive and defensive line. And for them to have that mm-hmm. from the get go, that's how you win college championships by controlling the line of scrimmage. And they've been doing it all mm-hmm. year. And I don't, I don't see that changing against Washington at all. So uh, quick mm-hmm. question. Are you going to NOLA? Are you going to be there, New Orleans? No, so I, I'm i doing a little bit of traveling over the Christmas break, so I wasn't able to fit New Orleans into the trip, but that just means I'm banking on us being in Houston because hey. I think I'm going to go ahead and I think I'm gonna go ahead and start making plans for Houston. So I'm going to just put all my chips into the <laughs> into the national championship pot. <laughs> <laughs> and really and really quick, let me jump in. Uh, I know y'all saying Texas isn't favorite, but Vegas has them at minus four. Mm. Uh, against Washington? At- Mm-hmm. I can see that. ESPN has them at minus to four. win it all, though. Yeah. I I think Alabama is a favorite to win it all. Um, oh, okay. Well, yeah, yeah. Got you. Got you. Got yeah, you. that's Which... what I meant. The, to win it all, like I, mm-hmm. I think we should be favored oh. against Washington. Um, I don't see us being favored against Michigan or, or Alabama, though. Even though I think we're better. Is there a revenge factor? Is that like a le- legit thing? Uh, yeah. There's definitely a revenge factor. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes people like to say the media hype stuff up you know mm-hmm. and we kind of make it so that it's a bigger deal than what the locker room thinks it is but to me i mm-hmm. feel like when it comes to player to player like yeah for sure this team beat us earlier this year we're trying to mm-hmm. get our revenge back so glad to clarify yeah no there's yeah there's definitely a revenge factor every every player got pride every player got egos and you know when you lose one when you drop one in a ball game you're gonna remember that and the fact that you got a chance to see them at this point in the season like that's motivation for sure. Don't don't let anybody tell you it ain't. And low key, that's what scares me about Alabama. But let's let's not talk about that hey, right now. I, I didn't want to bring that up, but that, that's a real that's a really good point. That's what scares me about Alabama. Not gonna lie to you, but we don't yeah, have to talk about hypotheticals because that's not a thing right now. What's in front of, what's in front of Texas right now is Washington. Um, but there's a lot yeah. of roadblocks right now in front of. If we can go back and segue into the Kansas City Chiefs, there's a lot of roadblocks in front of them right now. With it. Whether it's at the wide receiving court dropping passes or the wide receiving court lining up off sides. Uh, I'm sure you've seen the play, the viral play with Travis Kelsey laddering it back to Kadarius Tony. They caught the offensive off sides. I was curious to know just you not only being an NFL player, but also being in that locker room before. How do you, as a teammate, kind of coincide with the, with the guy after the game, you know, that thought that he won the game and then 30 seconds later, he lost the game for the team. <laughs> so do you leave him yeah. alone? Do you mm-hmm. let him do his own thing? Do you try to say, hey, it's all good, bro? Try to lift him up? How does that work in the locker room? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, first and foremost, um, as a team, you got to understand that that's your brother. Mm-hmm. So that's what comes first. So you got to view him as family and you got to make sure that like his mentals and his spirit is good. That's number one. So yeah, to answer your question, you got to check in on him. Like, I don't care how bad he messed up. I don't care what happened on the field. Like, 
at the end of the day, that's family. You got to check in on him and make sure he's good. And then, like, the corrections and the football field stuff, the coach is going to handle that. But as a teammate, you got to let him know that, like, hey, if don't nobody else got you, we got you. So I'm sure that's what they're doing to him to pick him up. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm just curious, bro. Yeah, that's, that's tough. Mm-hmm. That's a tough situation. Mm-hmm. That is a – Yeah. Me and, me and Corey talked about it a little bit before. That's That's – that's just a, a lose-lose situation for everybody involved. The refs, <laughs> him, Travis, mm-hmm. Patrick. Like, I'm sure Patrick didn't want to come out and say blame the refs or whatever the case may be. But like you say, it's a brotherhood. So it's like, yo, I got to find somebody to blame, and I'm not going to blame my dog. So the refs just going to catch this one, yo. I'm sorry. Hey, yeah, I mean, that's what it comes down to, man. Like, on, on the team, and y'all know y'all play sports. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's family, man. Yeah. Like, you, if, if you don't view your teammate as family, then I guarantee you your team ain't going to be that good. So, I mean, I get it. Pat and I mean, he couldn't light into his teammate right after the game, so he got to redirect that angler elsewhere. So, yeah. I mean, I get it, man. And that was going to be my next question, though. Speaking about Pat, mm-hmm. I mean, you spent time with him. Was that abnormal? Was mm-hmm. it weird to see him kind of be out like that in the media, saying that's the worst effing mm-hmm. call he's ever seen and being outspoken? Even Andy yeah. Reid spoke out about it in the mm-hmm. press conference. Andy usually doesn't say anything about refs and stuff. Yeah. So, was that weird mm-hmm. for you to see that? It was a little surprising. Um, I'm not going to say concerning. Like, some people, it's like, mm-hmm. first of all, people are blowing it way out of proportion. Like, people Yeah, are calling him a crybaby try- and stuff. Yeah, like, people are trying to, to character assassinate Pat. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And all I saw from him was that he cares about the sport. Like, I don't think he did mm-hmm. anything out of line. Like, it just shows me how much he cares about this game. Um, but it was a little abnormal. And I think... It's because, I mean, you got to look at since Pat has came in the re- into the league with Andy Reid, like they've been able to do whatever they want on the football field. They can get points at and will. They yeah. can score at will. And this is like the first time they've had to experience like some real adversity within that offense. So they're just trying to figure it out. And trying to figure out, trying to figure it out is frustrating. I think a little bit of that frustration came out. Um, I'm sure Pat would like to have some of those moments back, but at the end of the day, it wasn't a big deal. He's just passionate. It's a passionate game, man. And I don't think he did anything too out of sorts. Yeah, I don't think so either. I mean, he's a winner. Mm-hmm. And like you mentioned, there's a lot of expectations for someone mm-hmm. that young. And the expectation yeah. that he has is so unrealistic because you go to the AFC mm-hmm. Championship six straight times. Like, that's not realistic, you know? And so people right. have that expectation <laughs> on him that he should be going every yeah. single year. And it's like, no. So when things don't go his way and he, he looks human, people think the world mm-hmm. is falling. It's like, no, he's just right. coming back into reality because <laughs> we've been blessed mm-hmm. to see so much greatness for so mm-hmm. long. Uh, and so, yeah, I had no problem with it either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And that's a good point. Um, expectations are through the roof. Like they've already crowned them. Uh, well, however old he is, 27, whatever, they've crowned him at age 27. And it's deserving. Like, he's the best player I've ever seen on the field. Mm. So with that comes high expectations. And, you know, he's done a hell of a job managing those expectations throughout his career. You know, I'm sure he'll learn from this moment. And, and mo- more importantly, I think the offense will learn and start clicking on the field. The biggest way to get past this is to get a win next week. So, you know, hopefully they can handle business and get that. I don't know. Do we? I mean, but do we like? Do we like seeing this type of Pat though? I don't know. I, it was kind of dope, you know. <laughs> yo, you know, because he's one of those. You know, he's the he's the league's baby. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was kind of dope. Like, yo, we never get to see Pat is just you know Pat is like Pat uh, Dak Prescott, like mm-hmm. perfect perfect answer. Like somebody gave me the script. I'm reading off the script, mm-hmm. and it was just kind of dope seeing him go off script and show that yo. Even whether it's the right heel to die on or not, mm-hmm. seeing that passion from him, like, okay, yo, he's a real human being. Like you say, experiencing for really the first time having to struggle in broad daylight. I mean, mm-hmm. he seemed like he's had an easy road. Well, not easy, but he just seemed it like, yo, look easy. I got in the league and I just, yeah, yeah I got in the league and I've been the best since I stepped on the field. Mm-hmm. So I think it's dope seeing this perspective of him. Like, okay, yo, this is another side that. I'm not going to lie. I kind of think it's dope, yo. I think it's dope. He starts his villain off. Yeah, no. <laughs> I don't know if I'll take it that far, but... Uh, <laughs> you know. I'm telling you, look, next, next year we're going to see him. We're going to see him. He's going to have his Travis Kelsey era of just 
He's gonna get the beard. You know what I'm saying? You, cut the, you think he's gonna, gonna cut the hair? Man, that'd be crazy if he cuts the hair. Because uh, be he, he's not gonna he's not gonna miss out on the head and shoulders. Hey, so, hey, you gotta nah, get that dude. <laughs> no chance. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I, Dion, I agree with you, man. Like it's more than anything. Like it just shows that he's human. And like in life, man, we all struggle at some points in our life. Like ever for the most part, besides that Super Bowl that we got blown out in Tampa Bay, like things have gone Pat's way in the NFL. And that's because of his talent level and the way he's worked. But, you know, this is the first time that things have kind of gone off the rails for that team. And when I say off the rails, I just mean they can't score at will mm-hmm. like they've been able to in the past. So we're just seeing we're seeing in real time how he's handling these, you know, these moments and Let's watch him over the past couple of weeks and and to see what he does with it. Yeah, well, Alex, uh, I just want to say thank you so much for hopping on, man. This is a great conversation. Mm-hmm. And you talk about scoring at will. Let's talk about the Texas Longhorns. They seem like they can't stop scoring either. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, um, what do you expect to see final score wise? Can mm-hmm. I get a score prediction from you, Texas Washington? Oh, man. Let's see. You don't have okay. to. I, I understand. No, no, I will. I will. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to. I'm trying to. I'm trying to take everything into account. Um, mm-hmm. I think, I think the game will be somewhat close. Um, I just don't see how they're going to defend our offense. Like, mm. uh, like under twentieth ranked pass two, defense, Washington. That's what I'm saying. Under twentieth, he gets mad at me for bringing up the stat, but that's the stat. Like the stat is they're the hundred twentieth best pass defense. And what does Texas do well? We pass the football, yeah. so I, mean, I gotta bring it up. I gotta bring it up. Yeah, no, you, you you have to bring that stat up, but it's. Yeah, like they gonna have their hands full. I do like, especially with Sark's play calling. Mm-hmm. Like, if you watch that game against Oak State, like Sark was on another level in terms of his play calling. Like, it was unreal. So that defense gonna have their hands full. Um, I will say again, I know I've said it multiple times. You can't forget about Penix. You can't mm-hmm. forget about that QB because he's one of those type of dudes where if the game is even, like if everything is matched up evenly, he's gonna be the difference. I believe that's how good he is. Um, did you, did you see him freestyle on the sideline? Sorry to cut you off. There. So I, I caught that. I caught that clip. Like I couldn't hear. <laughs> I couldn't hear what he's saying, but I saw that he was spitting. Why? So. Well, <laughs> did the caption saying like, "Well, not the caption, the wide receiver that he was talking to." My apologies for not knowing the wide receiver's mm-hmm. name, but the wide receiver that he was freestyling with was saying that he was freestyling mm-hmm. about coming back and beating Oregon on that next drive. That's a- Man, that's unreal. And and that's, what, I mean, that's what I'll be talking. <laughs> that's what yeah. I'll be talking about. Like that dude is special, man. There's something in here that he got, like mm-hmm. at the QB position that you just can't measure. Like I don't know. It reminds me a lot of early Russell Westbrook. Mm. Like, I'm not Russell Westbrook. Russell Wilson. I mean, um, oh, it reminds me like of him early in his career. Hold up, hold up, hold up, Russell Wilson, where just like his measurables might not be there, like he might not have the strongest arm, but there's just something in here that's going to allow him to make a play. Mm. And I see that in Penix. But at the end of the day, I think it'll, it'll be too much for him to overcome. Okay. My score prediction is going to be I'm going to go 34 24. I think we open it up towards the end. Yep. You hold, you hold Washington less yeah. than 30. Yes. ESPN yeah. bets has it uh, the over under at sixty three and a half. Okay, all right, so under. Got you. Under. Yep, under. Hey man, look, I I've been <laughs> Dion knows I've been predicting the under for the past three four weeks. Texas been dropping fifty. Well, it's been Texas. Like Texas have been dropping fifty points. I'm like, oh, Texas probably scored twenty eight. No, they yeah. scored forty two. You know, like dang. <laughs> And that's what get that's what gets me too is like I still view this team as the team that started off the season yeah. in terms of like like they had they had trouble closing the door on teams, but I've got to realize that this ain't the same team. Like mm-hmm. the past two weeks have shown me we're a different ball club. Yeah. And I think that's who we really are. So And the funny thing is you say that, but then I feel like the first three or four games of the season, they couldn't start well. And then yeah. <laughs> in the fourth quarter, they would go out like against Bama. Like yeah. fourth quarter, it goes crazy against Bama. And Wyoming had mm-hmm. it was tied going to the fourth quarter of that game. And then they went crazy in the fourth. But then, like you said, the team just kind of swapped. And then they started struggling <laughs> in the second half of games. But now yeah. it's like now they got it all together. And now they got the ball rolling. Just like you and your behind the face mask uh, uh, podcast that you got going on. So congratulations again for that. And starting that yourself and so one more time for where people can find that at and how they can tune in and listen 
Yeah, no, I appreciate you shouting it out. So uh, my YouTube channel is called Behind the Face Mask. Just go on YouTube, type in Behind the Face Mask, and my channel will come up. Please subscribe. And basically, I'm doing player profiles on on Texas athletes uh, for now. Hopefully, mm. I can expand it later on. But for now, I'm just doing sit-down interviews with a bunch of the Texas guys, um, letting them show their personalities, getting into their day-to-day, just stuff that you normally wouldn't hear about these guys. So when you get a chance, everyone tap in. And really quick, before we let you go, uh, my last question would be, um, what was that that transition? Um, what made you jump into media? Because I was doing a little research on you, and when I look at your social media, it doesn't look like you're a big social media guy mm-hmm. or you know really big off in the camera. Mm-hmm. So um, what was it that made you say, okay, for my next career path, mm-hmm. you know, me just spreading my light, um, you know, I want to be media. I want to be in front of the camera. I want to be talking to these guys. No, and that's a real good point. I appreciate you bringing that up. Yeah, I, I live a private life. Like, you're not going to get much from me on my socials, uh, just what I want to give you. So that's a really good point. But for me, I guess the biggest thing was I wanted to stay as close to the sport as possible without having to coach. So <laughs> I'm like, how do I how do I do that? And so, I mean, the media space worked well for me. Um I've always been a big like football junkie ever since I was a kid. Like obviously I'm following players. I'm on the game Madden. Like I'm catching every single game. So I've always been a junkie. When I played in the league, I was a film room junkie. So like I, concepts and, and scheme just come easy to me. So, you know, I don't know if this is what I'll be doing forever, but as of right now, I think this is the right fit for me. That's awesome. Um, what team are you using nope. Madden? Back in the day or like now? Now. Yeah, now. Now, I mean, you know, I got to go Chiefs, man. Okay. I, can't. okay, okay. <laughs> I know I know, people say it's cheating, but I played for them. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I got to play with the Chiefs. No, I got to play with Pat, though. <laughs> You're like, no, nah, I'm on the game. <laughs> do you do you struggle to score? Come with on, so bro. If I'm... <laughs> I'm sorry. I just feel like I feel like, hey, you know, I ain't gonna lie. Like you ain't slick. That was a low blow. You ain't slick, bro. But uh, to be honest, man, I ain't really played that. I ain't played Madden that much this year, just because I've been we've been grinding. I've, I've had my routine. We'll yeah, we've been grinding, man. It's my first year in sports media, mm-hmm. so I haven't really had time like that. But in the past, no, in the past, I used to put fifty on your head. Mm. Hey, what's this in your rocking with? <laughs> Oh, I'm P- uh, I ain't gonna lie on the Xbox, bro. Oh, it's okay. Uh, we'll tap in after this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let me get that. <laughs> no, let me no. get that. Hey, look. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again, Alex. Everybody, this has been Alex Oglefoy. Mm-hmm. Little claps. Thank you so much for having this on, bro. Yes, sir. I appreciate y'all, man. Sersky. Man, that, another great interview, D. Like, look at us. Who would have thought? Right? Who would have thought? Alex you. this week, Jermichael Finley last week. I, you know, I really liked how he kind of opened up about what the locker room was like back in Kansas City and how you, to be a teammate, you got to be there for your brother and, and not just, you know, bash him like the media does or even just ignoring him. You want to know his mental space is okay when you make a play like that, like when you're talking about Kadarius Tony. Um, and so, yeah, I, I just think it's cool getting that perspective of what's it being like in the locker room when it comes to NFL players. Now, this is a this is a great combo. Um, I really enjoyed, you know, I just love asking a, some different questions, I guess. Uh, asking him about his transition to media. Um, like I said, if you go to his social media or his, at least his Instagram, he doesn't really have much much out there on him of him speaking. Uh, I know he says he does some stuff on TV now, but on his social media, he doesn't really have much out there. So I just asked him, you know, I love how he's ta- telling us about why he chose media. And, and that was dope. You know, just seeing former athletes kind of find that next step in their journey um, is always amazing. So it's dope. And from what I've seen from him, through his uh his youtube you know behind the face mask i mean this guy this guy's good man yeah this guy's good he's gonna he's gonna be he's, he's definitely found a, a good lane to you know plant his feet a hey, great question by the way d you heard how he's like oh you did a little research yeah yeah you, you found out he's not on social media like that yeah <laughs> you know what I'm saying? i do what i can you know I'm, I'm trying to take my job serious we call that big j serious. journalism all right so great job for doing that that's that's a great step. yeah and look even even off mic man we talked about uh you know you asked him if he was gonna be in new orleans and he told you about some good spots to eat you know i asked him off mic about some good eats and he told us about some goodies and about how a lot of people, if you in New Orleans, come on, bro. <laughs> if you in New Orleans, 
<laughs> that food will get you. I can't. That I can't wait. I can't wait to do some research. I can't you. wait to do some research to see how good that food is because apparently Zion can't get enough of it. Um, Man, so, you're a fool, by the way, for mentioning the good eats soundbite. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think I didn't catch that. Uh, but you're totally right. Apparently, the streets are talking, right, in New Orleans about Zion. <laughs> Stephen A. Stephen A. is so serious sometimes, yo. I mean. Out of all the things you could say on national hey, TV. Hey, don't, don't spoil it. Let, let's like let's play the clip first. Let's play the clip first. Let people hear it out, and then let's discuss it. Okay, let's do that. Okay. Here's all Stephen right, A. Right, Smith right. talking about Zion. The conditioning. I saw the brother go to the free throw line. He looked like he had a belly. He looked like he had a belly. It is shameful. You got chefs in New Orleans. I'm not exaggerating. I'm quoting people. You got chefs in New Orleans who love him. They're looking for him. Everybody, every chef there wants to meet him. Because they know he'll show up to their restaurant. The, the, the word out on Zion Williamson is that he'll eat the table. I'm quoting. He'll eat the table. Now juxtapose that to Zion Williamson, who looked fat, out of shape, unfocused, lethargic, and blase. His affliction is food. He can't stop eating. How would I know this? The ultimate evidence was his belly. I watched this man walk to the free throw line and I saw his belly bounce. Now maybe there's something wrong with my eyes, but there's no excuse for an NBA player, professional athlete on a basketball team to be having his stomach bouncing. There's no excuse for that. Something's gotta give. And I hope it's Zion giving more in effort and less chewing. Somebody needs to say it. So damn it, I'm going to say it. Crazy soundbite, Dion. Absolutely crazy. Uh, double down and said he'll eat the table twice. For whatever, like when you're. I just sometimes I just want to know what is he what did he be thinking like you know they give him free reign to say whatever but come on bro bro like that was the breaking that was the the chefs want to see him <laughs> and it's like you know to transition more into Zion and let's get off of Stephen A it's just insane that this is kind of your your reputation now when it comes to Man. the league and it's like yo this is this is sad like you're in the fourth fifth year in the league. The Pelicans trusted you, then they gave you gave the, bag. the bag. And I and call me if I'm wrong. I you said I might be wrong or you don't know about it, but I could have sworn his contract had a weight clause or some type of conditioning clause in it when they gave him. If the it money. did, it's not working. So yeah, I obviously they don't yeah. care. Zion um, don't care. But it's just like, yo, this is sad. And it's like the NBA, I feel bad for the NBA more than more than all because they wanted to, they're trying to look for the next guy. You know, in the NBA right now, you got a lot of old guys still running the league. You got your LeBrons, 38, gonna be gonna be 39 at the end of this month. You got your KDs, you got your Stephs. Like, these guys are still killing it. You know, they're getting up there in age, that, though, know, bro. They're getting up yeah, there. Yeah, I know. Age. Like, we have probably, I mean, I know LeBron's trying to play with his kid. He might try to play with, uh, what is it, Bryce? So, Max, we may have a five years of these guys, Max. And so it's like, yo, when we're looking at the next wave of guys, especially American, mostly American American guys, because the, the foreign players, they're, they're good. You got Luka, you got Giannis, you got Nikola, Nikola Jokic. Like, the foreign guys are good, but when it comes to American guys. It ain't a lot out there. It's like they. I mean, yeah, you got they Tatum, you know. He's cool. He's cool. He's cool. He's cool. He's cool. Then you got hey, so the Halliburton. League, I don't know. Oh, Halliburton up there. I mean, his first year, that's too much. I don't want to put yeah, that too a lot much of pressure. on him, but he, he's, having a, he's having a great season. I mean, you you got Ja Morant. He wants to be, you know, <laughs> Ja Wick. Now we got Zion. He got women trouble. He want to be a trick daddy. Like, Oh, yeah, Zion. <laughs> yeah, he a freaky, I forgot that happened dude. over the offs. Yeah, he a freaky, freaky young dude. That happened. Text messages and all. It's like, I know Adam Silver be looking at like, yo, I'm, I'm trying to give y'all the league. I'm trying to, so these guys can bow out gracefully, you know, because I don't want to see those guys leave on an injury. But yo, these guys are, like you said, they're getting up there in age. Mm -hmm. 
it's crazy when we compare, you know, especially I think recently over the, the last week when it was Zion versus LeBron. And I'm not going to lie. I think that should have been a bigger game than it was um, to kind of have that pass the torch moment. Okay, Zion came to play. He a 20, 25, 28 point triple double or double double type game. But I mean, he performed like trash. Oh, he was garbage. And he was garbage. Man, <laughs> he could. I mean, he, he could like give it up like, and down the court. Like it really was. And then and while he, on the flip side, LeBron going crazy. <laughs> like at thirty eight yeah. years old, dropping these thirty foot three pointers. It's like whoa. He still is one of the greatest players in the league right now. Right now, he is. And we talk about the end season tournament. What, what was those stats looking like? I know you. I know you looked them oh, up. What was those bro, stats you talking like about for the whole tournament? Oh my yeah. goodness! LeBron went crazy. He averaged twenty six points, seven rebounds, um, eight assists. Yeah, no, eight rebounds, seven yeah. assists, twenty six points. Shot sixty one percent from three. Sixty one percent from three. Like the whole tournament going crazy. And like you mentioned, it's supposed to be the time where he's passing the torch off. Like LeBron's not supposed to be doing this no more. Like he's supposed to be the guy that's taking a step back. You know, letting the younger guys kind of take control of the league, but none of the younger guys that are American are like stepping up like that. No one's really balling. It's all the foreign guys, like you mentioned. And so LeBron is still doing what he's doing, uh, and it's crazy to look at though and, and and think like, wow, this dude has logged so many minutes oh, over man. his lifetime, and still 66,000 minutes. Sixty six thousand. To put in perspective, what that means. Listen to Nick Wright talk about this and explain what 66,000 minutes means to be playing in the NBA. So LeBron's just crossed 39,000 points. Just call it an even 40,000 is where he stops at. For Giannis to get to 40,000 points, he would have to average 30 a game for the rest of the next 11 years and play 75 games a year. For Luka to get there, let's say Luka can average 35 a game. He'd have to play 75 games a year, never get hurt, and do it for 12 years. That's for the points. 35 a game, 12 straight years, 75 games every year, no injuries. A new player, if someone walked into the league and from their rookie year averaged 35 a night and played 75 games a year every single year, they would have to play 15 and a half seasons. So, But that's the points. The minutes thing is crazier. So he's now at 66,000 and change minutes for context. If LeBron's at 66,000, how many minutes do you guys think Giannis has played? I'll just tell you, 26,000. So he's 40,000 behind. So if he played 11 more seasons, playing 90 games a year, because you get the postseason, 40 minutes per game, he could do it. He averages how many minutes per game? 33. Right. A rookie would have to do this. Average 36 minutes per game, play 90 games every year, and do it for 20 years. It's never going to be broken. These records will never be broken. It's not a GOAT debate. It's not of this. Yeah. These records are unbreakable under the current context of the league. Unbreakable records. So, clearly, none of these records are going to get broken. Like, that's basically what the gist of this whole video was. Like. Nah, no, no, no. <laughs> that's, that's etched in stone. The, his name will be up there forever because I don't see anybody, as much as the as much talent is coming into the league, I mean, for one, nobody plays I mean, 70, even 70 games. Mm-hmm. Nobody even plays 70-something games. Shout out low so management. That's already, yeah, that's already out the window. And he's talking about playing 90. <laughs> he's talking about playing 90 games. <laughs> so that means, again, we have to remember LeBron was went to the finals for a decade. Straight. Like, there's Straight. nobody that. <laughs> they I don't miss see, a year. The league is just, yeah, I, the league is just too crazy for that to even be a possibility. And it's like. I know, I know. There's the Jordan guys out there, but yo, do y'all not hear this? <laughs> but I, do you not hear? But what that's the thing, though. Like, I don't doing? even want to like make it like the goat debate. It's just like let's appreciate what the heck is in front of us right now. Like, right. let's really think about this dude accomplishing these things with this many minutes on your body, and still winning the in season tournament MVP, still putting up these crazy numbers with while playing 30 minutes a game, 31, 32, 33 minutes a game at his age going above the rim with his head when he's making dunks at his age like let's really put him to perspective how great he is and the longevity that he's doing it for and i think nick wright did a really good job of laying that out in that soundbite because like he mentioned it's not going to happen again i mean maybe after we're dead and gone but to do what he's doing for someone to come in in this culture of the nba where it's 
load management, take care of your body. You don't need to play every single game. It's basically impossible because of that. And so now no one's really logging that many minutes in the season nowadays. And that's why it seems so unrealistic for anyone to break those records because no one's doing that no more. So, yeah, just appreciate the greatness in front of us. Not trying to say Jordan versus LeBron. Just wanted to clarify and bring perspective and bring an insight on this is amazing. Let's appreciate it. Yeah, congrats to that. But LeBron over Jordan. Uh, here you go. Look After all bro. that, bro. <laughs> come on, bro. Did you not hear? Did you not hear that, bro? Yo, that dude had to come into the league and play. We're not that type of podcast, bro. bro. We're not. We're not trying. We're not trying to do the whole Jordan versus Kobe That's versus LeBron, insane, bro. Bro, we just appreciate I mean, greatness. Look, I appreciate that LeBron has one thing that Jordan got, God. and that's an in-season, that's an in-season <laughs> title, baby. Let's go, LeBron. Let's go, LeBron. But hey, man, let's get out of here, man. It's been a great pod, yo. Uh, Corey, you got any final thoughts? Yeah, um, can't wait to ask some chefs down in New Orleans if they've seen Zion. Like, can't wait. Like, just go to every restaurant I go to. Yeah. Hey, Zion been in here? Go eat the oh, no? All right, this must not, this must not be good then. Let yeah. me get out of here. But they say yes. My name is Zion. <laughs> I ordered here. <laughs> Let's try the food I'm and the table. And the table. <laughs> I rate it one through ten. Shout out Keith Lee. Oh my goodness. Hey, that's a crazy statement though. Let's just go back. Like one more. Like to say a dude eats the food and the table. Like that's crazy. Oh, so yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to go to New Orleans and see why it's why the tables taste so good. So um, <laughs> yeah. But any final thoughts? Oh man. Um, yeah, man. Um, if you're grinding, man, sometimes you got to make some sacrifices. You might have to sacrifice some time with the family, sacrifice, uh, you know, hobbies. I'm just understand that, you know, sacrifice is going to pay off in the end. So don't be afraid to, you know, sometimes you have to miss a birthday, you have to miss a party, you have to miss, uh, you know, some important moments, but it'll all pay off in the back end. So, yeah, man. Uh, that's all I got, Corey. Let's, let's get right, out of here. All right, man. As always, thank you for watching. Thank God for giving us this platform. And as always, you're... Yeah. Hey, great stuff, bro. Great stuff. <laughs> oh, man.